everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. We're recording this on the 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. <laughs> yeah, we're great. No, I'm sorry. We're great. You might hear some explosions. That's all I was going to say. You might hear some fireworks. You might hear the sonic boom outside of Katie's apartment. You might hear the sonic boom multiple times over repeatedly. We'll see. It's, yeah, a, it it's a gamble. Yeah. <laughs> um, this episode is called Deadly Connection. Connection. Now, I watched the old version that's online, and then I didn't watch the episode that was on Friday. And then today, I was going back to rewatch parts of it, and I noticed that my notes were slightly different than the one that aired last night, because I think they edited out some stuff to add more commercials in, which is generally what they do for repeats. This is a repeat? Yeah, it's a really old repeat. It's a Dateline classic. I've seen this episode probably seven times. Like, it's one that was on my list. I've been wanting to cover this one forever. Well, I guess I'm kind of glad I didn't know that because I would have probably tried to watch the the one online like you did because it's less commercials and it's easier to do it in parts, that kind of thing. So I did all the commercials, not knowing it was a repeat. I probably could have guessed that by the time, but I didn't. Keith doesn't age, so... He's like, um, Cher. That's not a good example, I feel like. It's a great example. Okay. Cher does not age. Cher is frozen in time. Her face is frozen. Her face is frozen in time. And I'm not sure at what age or what which face it's frozen as, but that's all right. That's fine. Mm, I think it's if I could turn back time face. Yeah. Or was it frozen before that? Was it frozen like moonlight? No way. Moonstruck. Moonstruck. So what year did this air? What, uh, what? season episode is this actually this is season 22 episode 39 it aired may 23rd 2014 also we should say yeah. a happy belated birthday to our keithinator arlene king it was his birthday so they did this episode on purpose because it was his birthday right that's the pattern it's happened before it's happened before it's a one out of four that it's going to be keith anyways yeah, I guess. But I feel like we've had another birthday and they aired an episode with that person. So Maybe. So he starts by saying, Oh boy. What happened here was spawned in a very dark corner of the human condition by that terrifying flaw that forces us to admit that, yes, Virginia, there really is a boogeyman. Who Virginia? Well, it's the, yes, Virginia, there's a Santa Claus. What is, is that? Oh, I thought you would know that. I have never heard that before in my life. And I thought that Virginia was someone in the episode. And I kept waiting for Virginia to show up. (laughs) And there was nary, nary a Ginny. I did not see a Virginia in this episode. So I was like, who is? And then I thought maybe Virginia was his daughter or wife. I got Keith's like he's talking to them. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was a common, also possibly a common phrase that I just had never heard. But apparently it is because it's a, a book called, what is it? Yes, Virginia, it's me, Santa. No, it was like an article from the 1900s, I think. It's really old. It's like a century old. Oh, my gosh. Someone wrote to like one of those edit, like you write to the newspaper and they wrote back, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And it was like this time. And so now people read this like article and they pass it around they around christmas it's big never heard of it the jew knows something 
So also want to say, Keith says the word, how would you say the word of the creature that it is that attacks you? Yeah, a boogeyman. Okay, Keith says boogie. Boogeyman. I, that's a Canadian accent. It's got to be. It's just a little bit of a drawn out. Boogie. 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 Yeah. Boogie, boogie, boogie. But that's what sometimes you've heard. Boogie, woogie. Be- yeah. Bo- boogie, woogie, boogie, bugle woogie, boy. bugle boy. It's spelled like boogie. We just say it boogie because we're confusing and we're the our language is confusing. So yeah, that's just how that is. So we are in downtown Denver in 2011. Kenya Monhe mm-hmm. was going out to party with her girlfriends. They would usually sneak into the clubs using fake IDs. They were supposed to look out for each other. You go together, you keep your eyes on it, girl code, and then you go home together. Right. But something did not go according to plan that night. She a few things. Was a few things. She was supposed to meet her best friends at this club, but she didn't show up. Turns out she had gone with these two girls that she did not know very well. No. Suspicious. So first time you deviate from the plan, you go with two girls who you don't, who also we don't get to meet. Because they are not appearing on Dateline because they don't want all of us to judge them, which we would. Yeah. Which Twitter did anyways, even without meeting them. They did? Of course they did. Wow. So um, Twitter is a harsh mistress. Yes, it is. It's not for everyone. No, it's not. It's not for the faint of heart. No. Uh, so Weak of spirit. She went with these other girls. They couldn't get into the club they were supposed to get into, so they went to another club. She wasn't answering her phones f- for phone when her best friend was trying to reach Why her. Why couldn't they get into the club? The fake IDs. They didn't buy it. So Because how old is she at this point? She has graduated high school, and she's planning her career. I think she's 19. So they go to this other club, and... Kenya, it was weird that she wasn't answering her phone because she's the responsible one. She was hardworking. I just heard a firework. Just heard another one. Those are at your house. And you were all like, it's going to be your place is crazy. With I did not even nary a sound like that. Shamed. Not even close did I say anything like that. Our fl- friends and listeners, did it sound like Kimberly may have been shaming my neighborhood? Let me know. There's no way to let me know. So let her know. and i will give you the honest results as i get them (laughs) i won't be doctoring the numbers (sighs) oh brother (laughs) so kenya was very special she had seven years earlier come to the u.s from honduras to be with her mom who had been there here for a while and she only spoke spanish uh her mom had married this guy tony tony Tony, Tony, Tony. My heart can't take Tony. Tony is... I couldn't really take the mom much either, to be honest. Broke my heart. And Tony is like what we would Jews would call a mensch. Okay. I understand that. You know, he's just like a good guy. He's a good dad. He's a good dad and he's her stepdad, but it didn't matter. He's getting the good dad award. Oh, for sure. They had two daughters, so then, like, the three girls all bonded as instant family. It's just really sweet, the way the sisters describe having her there with them in the States. She was, like, became their instant best friend. And it's, like, so many precious moments in this episode. I can't even... It's too much. And I will tell you when we got to the end, this one got me. First one, uh, maybe ever. Really? Did you cry? I got very upset. It also, it says a lot about us that we are rarely get gotten. 
and we do a show about murder, you just get kind of sensitized to it after a while, desensitized to it. I think that's common. I think if you've watched like Forensic Files for 15 years and stuff. Yeah, you're not crying every episode of Forensic Files. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, look, these are all impossibly sad what's happened to people. It, it is. And, but sometimes it's just something. Something a little extra that gets you. Yeah. Or a lot extra. Oh, yeah. Tony starts calling Kenya's friends to find out where she is the next morning. Mm-hmm. And her friends are like lying about where they were because they're covering their, he says that. He says the ASS word. He says they're a butts. They, he's like, I don't care about fake IDs. I just want to find Kenya. So it turns out she had been dancing with a guy and then she just w- was gone. And she left her purse and her phone there. So the girls took them home. That's And so they just go home thinking, oh, we'll just give her her purse and her phone tomorrow. Where is your friend? I, I would never... You would never, you would never leave me. And I would never leave without having eyes on you. Kenya has a boyfriend, is incredibly responsible. She's not going to go home with some random guy at a bar and leave her purse and her phone there. They said these these friends did not know her very well, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. So, but still, that that is no excuse. This is... No, it's terrible. Terrible behavior. So uh, this is when we get... Our first big lean of the episode, <laughs> we get some great ones. Keith is leaning against a pole downtown near ah. the, in the bar district. Mm-hmm. Sideways lean, like with the shoulder in Lodo, a Lodo lean. And Tony tries to get the police to look into it, but they say it's too soon. So he starts playing detective. He's mm-hmm. looking through her phone and there's a bunch of texts from people saying, where are you? We miss you. What's going on? And then a text comes in. 7 p.m. the following day after she goes missing. And it says, hey, now I got to do it better. It says, hey, this is Travis, the guy who gave you a ride last night. White, creepy van, smiley face. Did you get your car home okay? Because that's how I imagine Travis talks. Yeah, sounds about right. And I'm calling it now, even though I've seen this episode, there are very few good Travi. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Sorry, Travis's. That there's one from Blink One Eighty Two, right? Is he an okay guy? Oh yeah, he married somebody. Uh, the drummer. I don't know. I don't know much about him. He's got a lot of tattoos, so probably you would think he's not, but I would think he's fine. No, they're not on his face. I'm fine with it. They're on his neck. N- where on his neck? On his neck, like a neck tattoo. Front. Yeah, front and side. You know what? He's famous, so he kind of can get away with it. Oh, there are conditions. There are, because listen, if you already have a successful career and you're not needing to go out on job interviews and stuff, Mm -hmm. sure. Like Post Malone. I'm not worried about Post Malone and his face tattoos. Do I like them? No, I do not. But it's his life, his career. He's not going to try to have to apply for like a district manager of a paper company job. So who you're mostly worried about are like 16-year-old girls in high school going out to get neck tattoos. Yeah. Because that does happen often. You have your future ahead of you, girl. So uh, she's being tempted by boys named Travis to do things like that, too. Yeah, probably. Any teenage girl who does that. So (laughs) Tony calls Travis, and he says, what's up? Did you see her? And he says, oh, yeah, I saw her walking outside of, like, the club area. She seemed really drunk. I drove her home, except on the way home, she stopped. 
She asked me to stop and get her so she could get cigarettes at a gas station. At this gas station, she randomly meets this other dude that she doesn't know also. And she says, I'm going to go home with this guy that I don't know instead of you, Travis, that I also don't know. I'm going to have this strange guy take me home and leave this other strange guy's white van. Has any girl ever done this in, in her right mind? No. Just no. Not in her right mind, no. No, absolutely not. Unless she knew the second guy, and then, yes, you go with the guy that you know. Right. She did not know the second guy. Yeah. Okay, so the questions start here. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a million questions, but hold on. I need to write some down because I need to come back to <laughs> I need to come back to this. I need to. I have something to say, but I can't say it until later. So Tony, stepfather, is like, no, that is makes that is the most fantastic story I've ever heard. No. So he says, where is this gas station? And Travis says, I'll meet you there. So Tony, being a Tony, tough guy a little bit, he is suspicious. He takes his nine millimeter pistol and puts it in his waistband. Meanwhile, his wife, Kenya's mom, Maria, she is on her hands and knees begging him, don't go. This is dangerous. And he's like, I'm, I'm step stepped out of the century. My name's Tony. This is what Tonys do. I feel, I feel like it's less dangerous because his name is Travis. That's true. You're, that's a great point. If you had a different kind of a name, I may not do it. But he still brought the gun. So like... I don't know if like if he was a Mike, if I would go. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think I would go for a Mike. I might go for a Travis, not a Mike. That's very interesting. Do you know what I'm saying? I um, absolutely do. I probably wouldn't go for a Bruce. Any guy who could have a nickname like Bruiser, you probably don't want to go. Yeah, Bruiser Bruce. So why did... Okay, so but he immediately like... That sounds like someone was maybe just. This is such a fun episode. We're like we're in danger zone. It sounds like we're in danger. It sounds like I'm in freaking Iraq. A little bit. Me too. I feel like Anderson Cooper. Do you though? I wish. You're 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 just as cool. You just aren't as famous. It's okay. So Tony, he's going to the gas station and he meets Travis. He said he seemed like a normal blonde hair, blue eyed Travis looking dude. Like, looks like a Travis would. Sounds about right. But Maria at home was like, no, Tony, I'm calling the cops. I'm sending the cops to the gas station. The police are not looking at Kenya's disappearance. So basically she's saying like, my daughter's missing. Don't worry about that. You guys, I know you've said you're not going to look yet because she hasn't been missing long enough. Whatever. We've told you that it's out of her character. I understand you have to wait 48 hours. But meanwhile, my husband has gone to meet with a stranger who has a white creepy van yeah. who was the last person to see my daughter in a yeah. gas station parking lot. Can you go there? So they actually go, the police. And they, which I wonder if Tony was kind of annoyed at. Like, Maria, I told you I got this. No, I think he's happy for any backup. Yeah. So the cops talk to both guys, and they don't think Travis's story makes any sense. Just like Tony didn't. Yeah. No one thinks Travis's story makes sense. Because it doesn't. They, But they have nothing to hold him on, and they're still not investigating Kenya yet. So they just leave. So I need to ask the most important question at this yeah. point. Why? So at this point, when they've part ways... 
I would say before you get to this very important moment, why is no one getting the tape from the gas station? Why isn't the Tony immediately going inside and saying, do you have security cameras? Can I see them for last night? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, technically, you would need a warrant for something like that, probably. But, but Or be a cop. I don't know if a person can, but they maybe could if he said my daughter's missing. Most nice people would say, sure, you can look at the tape, I would think. Yeah, it would have happened around, you know, 2 a.m., Right. It just happened last night because the thing is, like these tapes sometimes reset every 24 hours exactly. or every week they reset. So you they erase themselves. So you would want to get on this. So I would think they would reset at 24 hours. So I would think you would need to do this right now. I Go think get the tape right now. Well, a lot of people on Twitter were just upset about the whole having to wait a certain number of hours before the cops will look, especially if the whole family's telling you it's out of character and she's a girl that disappeared downtown after clubbing and she was drunk. Like, what? And she saw some random... The story is so suspicious. Like, they should be looking. Like, it's not... You don't have to wait 48 hours or whatever. It's ridiculous. So they leave, the cops leave, and so it's just Travis and Tony. And Travis starts crying. One of many times he cries in this episode. He loves crying. He starts saying things like, I promised I'd take care of her and I didn't. So I feel responsible. And Tony at this point. What do you mean you promised you'd take care of her? You don't know her, man. When she got in my car, I took an oath. Yeah, exactly. I was sworn in as an unofficial deputy of safety. To get this girl home safely. What if he had like a thing up in his car that was like. He's like Dwight Schrute. (laughs) If you sit in this car, your safety is my number one priority. And then it's like, there's like a day count. Because I guarantee it. This this many days instead of this many days (laughs) without an accident. It's like this many days without without like. Someone not getting home safely. Yeah. Without an unsafe arrival. Without anyone not getting home safely unless they got out of the car by their free will to get into another stranger's car. It's really In long. which case it is on them and not me. Yeah. Oh Thank God. you for your understanding in this matter. So he's crying. Tony doesn't know what to do. He reaches out to shake Travis's hand to be like, well, thanks for showing me the parking lot. And he says that it was like an earthquake was going off under Travis's feet. It's very strange the way he describes it. He says like his arm wasn't shaking. It's like his body wasn't shaking, but like underneath his feet, it was shaking. It's just... Oh, is that what you got from that? Well, he says his arm wasn't shaking. It's not like he was shaking, like I could see him shaking, but I could feel it through his hand. That he was like internally shaking. That's what I got was just that his hand only was shaking. And so I took something very different from it when he was telling this. I was like, oh, so he's an alcoholic. Oh, my God. No, he says it's felt like an earthquake was going off under his feet. But I but then he's like, but it wasn't like his body was shaking and it wasn't any part of him. It was just in the hand. And I was like, oh, he has tremors. He has tremors. (laughs) That's like completely where my mind went. And so then, along with waiting for Virginia, I was waiting to find (laughs) out that Travis had an alcohol problem. And that didn't happen either. I I don't know what. He's like a health food nut. 
I was watching this episode in a weird mood, I think. So Kenya's disappearance makes the local news. Mm -hmm. Friends are putting up flyers everywhere. And now the police are finally on the case. And now we need our newest hero. Can he join our detective squad? 100%. I am. It's Gurley, correct? It is. It's. Well, Keith says it Gurley. Gurley. It's pronounced G-U or it's spelled G-U-R-U-L-E. But he says Gurley. Um, his name is, I'm just going to call him Nash because that's his first name. Detective Nash. Detective Nash. Love it. Tell me that's not a detective name. So oh, yeah. Keith says, and this part I think was taken out of the Friday night episode. Keith says he's, to say he's imposing is an understatement. He looks like he's from The Sopranos. And is he a big guy? His shoulders like don't seem to even want to fit in the frame or in his car. There's a scene where he gets into his car to do B-roll. And I'm like, how does he even fit in that car? He's a large guy. He's a big guy. Yeah. So he's like John Redcorn. Yes. So Keith is infatuated with him. Yes. He is leaning back into the side, which is his I'm enjoying talking to you. Tell me a tale type of position. Yep. So tra- he looks into Travis. Travis, turns out, has a rap sheet for theft and drugs in the past. But now he has a gluten-free granola business, as Travis's do. He does deliveries. He has a granola bar delivery route. And he does deliveries out of his white van of his granola bar company. I just feel like if you sell gluten-free granola out of your white van, and your name is Travis, and you probably own at a minimum five puka shell necklaces, you need to reevaluate your life. And BetterHelp might be the answer. Absolutely. BetterHelp offers therapy with a licensed professional therapist in the privacy of your own home. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours without leaving your home or van that Travis maybe lives in, question mark? Yeah. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time. Like, I'm really starting to sense that my dad is disappointed in me because he's still financially supporting my gluten-free granola delivery business. Uh, And the therapist would say, why, what makes you think that? And you would say, because he tells me. (laughs) So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Counselors that are specialized in all kinds of issues like depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ plus matters, sleeping problems. You're maybe obsessed with Jason Mraz. That's just a guess. BetterHelp is easy. It's totally confidential. It's affordable. What are you waiting for? We want you as a listener to start living a happier life today. So you can get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash dateline. Join over 1 million people. That's incredible. Taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash dateline. 10% off your first month. What are you waiting for? It's so worth it, you guys. Because we can all use a little better. Help. Ding. Perfect. (laughs) Because I did the first part. I did it perfect because Katie started it perfectly, you guys. (laughs) Teamwork makes the dream work. All right. So police don't really think Travis is a suspect because he has an alibi. He went to see his girlfriend after he dropped off Kenya. 
question to Katie. What is the name of a girlfriend of a Travis? Oh. Jenna? I want to say Steph. Darby? Darby. Steffy? Would she go Steffy? What about a Tina? Tina and Travis? Oh, yeah. That'd be cute. I could see that. Jenna and Travis? That's what I said. I like Jenna and Travis better. Or Jenny. Jenna or Jenny. Mm Mm-hmm. So police start looking for this mystery man at the gas station that uh, Kenya just decided to switch switch cars. He They can't find him anywhere. Maybe because he doesn't exist. <laughs> so the DA Lombardi, another strong, powerful woman. We will get to another strong, powerful woman. There's several very strong, powerful women in this episode. She gets a search warrant for Travis's white van. They open up the back. It is reeking of bleach like it's soaked in the bleach smell is so unbelievably overpowering i feel like that's an immediate arrest right right like you're just you're too clean or you're a murderer it's either one or the other you we need to analyze Mm -mm. so here's the real part i'm not sure if you noticed i hope they didn't cut it out the quick shots of the front of the van the back is is spotless bleach white perfect the front of the van oh my god is so filthy and they're doing a lot of quick cuts so they i'm i keep pausing all i'm see you see like unidentifiable unidentifiable stains there's red nail polish there's giant stains on the seat cushions there's chunky sticky spots all over the plastic there's a tub of toothpaste sitting in one of the cup holders, along with some crispy pennies. You know the, you know the goop that sits in the penny yes, jar? Yes, I know. When you spill the soda, yeah. And, and you then, spill a soda yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. crusty. His whole front of the van is that goop. Not the goop that Gwyneth tells you to stick a egg up your Clovis. Like the gross goop. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of gross goop too. But, like, I would not want my gluten-free granola bars to be delivered anywhere near this van. Restaurants have to have a rating system. (laughs) And if you get, like, a D or a C, you're shutting down for a while. I don't know what the front of this van would get. So he lives in the van. I think he lives in the van. Okay. Um, No, I think it's just safe to say he lives in the van. Yeah. Yeah. Also, stay away from his granola... You might be allergic to gluten, but I'm sure you're also allergic to mysterious stains. So they go under the under like the wheels and under the the body of the van, which is cleaner than the front of the van. Oh, boy. They find some dirt and some weeds. So they think he's been out on a dirt road or in a field or something. Mm-hmm. So they pull up his cell phone records and turns out he had made and received some phone calls about 40 miles out of town in this rural area with fields and ponds and things. So they immediately start searching that area looking for Kenya or her body, but they find nothing. Then we meet one of our many female heroes, Monica. Monica owns the bakery where Travis rents spots out to cook his Granola bars. Cook? Compile? Monica's one of our heroes? Yes. Did you decide that for me? Um, She's definitely one of mine, and okay. I'll tell you why in a second. I'm wondering if I can guess why. Okay. She does something that really helps out. Mm. Okay. So, Keep going. Gonna- okay. So she owns this bakery. Travis and other people rent use of the kitchen right. to do their, stu- their stuff. So 
she realizes someone's been stealing money from the shop. So she installs security cameras. Mm -hmm. So she goes through the tapes. These tapes become like classic Dateline. Like on Twitter, everyone was like, oh my God, these tapes. I remember the tapes. I remember this footage. I didn't remember the episode before, but I remember this footage. Wow, really? She goes through the tapes to see who's been stealing. And she sees there's a chunk missing from when the camera was turned off. But the thing is, which is so dumb, if you are turning off the camera, you're going to be caught on tape turning off the camera. Unless you somehow erase older footage, too. I think that must have been the original intention, right? Or the thought behind it was... Or there wasn't that thought, and they didn't think about it. I see. Or there was just no thought. No thought. Zero thought. So she goes back, rewinds, rewinds. Katie will get that now. (laughs) And she sees who it is. It's Travis. He's seen unplugging the camera. He's also wearing yellow rubber gloves. Okay. Which Monica is like horrified by because she watches Dateline clearly. She's like, those are not the gloves that we cook in. Those are your dishwashing gloves. You're scrubbing the floor. You're cleaning blood out of your van gloves. Those are not cooking gloves. Um, I've never seen him wear those before. So she calls the cops right away because I should say Travis had come in one day frazzled to the bakery and told Monica, this girl I drove home, she's now missing and the police want to talk to me. And the police had even come to the bakery like to look around. So she knows about Kenya. And so she's suspicious. So she calls the cops right away, gives them all the footage. So they go through this footage and they find this scene of Travis with his granola cooler it's like a giant cooler that you would take to like a, a tailgating party kind of, right? Like, but a huge one. And it's taped shut with duct tape. I thought they said black electrical tape. No, black duct tape. Oh, thank God. Because I was really worried about the electrical tape because that's really, really easy to just, you could just pop that up. Electrical tape is like not. Oh, gotcha. Tape. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So, so far in our Walmart kill kit, we have rubber gloves, we have bleach, and now we have duct tape. We don't have a tarp, missing a tarp. So he he has the cooler on a cart mm-hmm. and he's wheeling it. He wheels it into the bakery shop and then he wheels it into a giant walk-in freezer and puts it in there. There are other employees walking around too. Yeah. So if this is what we think it is, It's like so sick and so brazen that he's doing this in his place of business with other employees walking around. What is what is he doing? I think he's has her body in there and he's putting it in the freezer until he's ready to bury it. But what I mean, what is he thinking? Oh, I I thought you meant literally. No, What a weird (laughs) idea. Like to put it at work. Leave it in your truck, man. Well, it's maybe hot out. Well, so what? Smells. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's that. There's some other things at the very end when we do outside info. Like, I saw this tape of his confession. Sorry, spoiler. He did it. Um, It's he put, like, weird thought into certain aspects of it that, like, he thought he was being thoughtful. And so. Really? This kind of, when you're asking me that, it's making me think he maybe did it because he wanted to, like, preserve her with some sort of dignity or something. It's really weird. Oh, gosh. Okay. So the police asked Monica, 
they don't know any of this at this point. They're, they ask Monica, does he use the freezer ever? She says, no, he doesn't use the freezer. He doesn't freeze his granola. He's like never in there. I've never seen him do this. And this is two nights after Kenya went missing. Mm-hmm. Then they ask other employees at the bakery, what have you seen Travis doing? Some of them saw him burning stuff in a barrel. Okay. So <laughs> there. can we add barrel to the Walmart guilt kit? Yeah. Um, so they find this barrel down, way down in the alley, uh, like it's he's moved it. And Monica says, that's my grease barrel. I was looking for it. Yeah. Those pesky kids stole my, I don't know, do bakers get attached to their grease barrel? Like, it's my favorite one. Well, I think they're kind of expensive. I would not want to purchase a new one. That's, so it might be an expense. Yeah. So they asked Travis, what were you doing? What were you burning? And he says he was burning some moldy, marijuana which you would be able to smell from 45 blocks away because it would just smell like five skunks died like what in the world are you talking about man if you were wondering what travis smells like it's probably moldy marijuana and burning grease and patchouli i always just want to throw patchouli in there for that musky scent they go hand in hand so uh police search the barrel nothing's left Detective Nash says, I want to arrest him, but like, maybe he's just a weird guy. People do weird things all the time. Now, I didn't like that statement at all. I was really irritated because I haven't seen this episode before. So I did not like that. And I was like, come on. He's the last one. I think he's thinking of trial. Like if we put this on trial, any jury could just say, well, you don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was burning marijuana. Do people burn moldy marijuana? Is that no, you flush it do? down the toilet. I would just put it in the trash. I didn't even know you were supposed to flush it. Okay, anything, but never burning it. Burning it is, why didn't he say anything else? Why did he say marijuana? Um, Which is probably not legal at that time in Colorado. No, definitely wasn't. So what a weird thing to say. Maybe he thinks it makes him look more innocent because he's like, met, he's you commit to like, admit to a lesser crime, and then it makes you think they're innocent. You know, just kind of see what I'm saying? That's another thing that I thought, too. Yeah, that's that could be. So then they find more security footage. This show is security footage heavy. Yes. Uh, it should be on that ID channel show, See No Evil. It might be. I'm not sure. Oh, I'll okay. have to check. Hmm. So at an apartment building near the club, they see Kenya with another guy, not Travis, going up to his apartment. But she doesn't stay for long. They soon see her walking through the lobby of a nearby hotel. And she's weaving kind of in and out. She definitely, she seems like very, very intoxicated. But her family says she does not get blackout drunk. She does not overdrink to excess. They think that she was slipped a drug. And this is, I'm not blaming her friends because Twitter did it for me. But again, this is why your girls keep an eye on each other, because you can't assume someone's in their right mind. If something is given to them, they're definitely not. And it's not their fault. But also, girls, keep an eye on your drinks. Never accept a drink from anyone. This might have been before we knew that. No, I think we knew about date rape drug in 2011. Oh, yeah, I think so. I don't know. She's either really drunk or has been given something. They find the guy from the apartment and he says, yeah, we hung out for a little bit, but she left. And the cameras show that she did leave. Then Travis. So what time was that? That was 1 a.m. I'm just I'm just confused about where 
Travis said he saw her at the club, but she clearly left outside the uh, club area. So I think this guy's apartment in that area. Yes, it's right next to the clubs. And so is the hotel. So she's basically walking on this street that's like club bar row or whatever. Club row. Okay. Yeah. What's it called? Lodo. Lodo. Okay. Interesting. Then Travis decides to go on the local news. Oh, man. Oddly, so he's standing in front of a bathroom door, but then behind him on the other side, there's a sink and one of those paper towel dispensers. (laughs) So I didn't, I kind of was like, oh, are we in a bathroom? Like, is this a large communal bathroom or is this a situation where there's a bathroom and then you go outside to wash your hands into this like lobby area of the bathroom? Is it a, is it the bakery? It could be the bakery. I thought that, too, because then there's employees have to wash your hands. Right. You know. So maybe it's in plain view so they can make sure you're washing your hands. I don't know. I don't know how things work at businesses. like. I that. hope there's still a sink in the bathroom area. I would assume there would be. But I think there's also one so that you don't have to go into the bathroom and touch the door handle if you need to wash your hands. Oh, so there that could be it. But I, I kind of thought they were at the bakery. It makes sense that they would be at the bakery. He has his hoop earrings in. His best hoops. His best hoops, his spiked blonde hair and blonde soul patch. My favorite look. He's wearing a black shirt. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of pants he's wearing, but I would guess board shorts. Oh, yeah, cargo shorts. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's not what I would wear if you were a murder suspect going on the local news. Oh, what would you wear? I would wear, well, as a woman, I would wear Beta Brand pants. Beta Brand dress pant yoga pants are perfect for all life situations, like being a detective and detecting a murder suspect or being a murder suspect. They are as comfortable as your PJs, but their professional style will make you feel like you actually got dressed for the day. You can wear them anywhere or nowhere. I usually wear them nowhere. But I still have my Etsy shop and I have to go to the post office sometimes. So I put on my beta brand pants when I'm going to the post office and I strut in there like I'm mailing very important legal documents that must arrive on time or my entire case will crumble. That's great. I love it. But really, I'm mailing a cross stitch that says, get your freak on. That's okay. But anyone in the post office looks at my pants They think I'm mailing like a dossier of secret information. Beta Brand's customer favorite dress pant yoga pants, those are dress pants that feel like yoga pants, are made of wrinkle-resistant stretch-knit fabric. They're so comfortable. They don't dig into your skin. You don't need to unbutton anything so you can breathe. At the same time, they hold you in in all the right spots. They have great styles like boot cut, straight leg, skinny, cropped, eight pocket. I was just on their website today and they have these cute new colors and fabrics. They have like teal ones. They have a whole bunch of colors. They're so, so cute. And right now our listeners can get 25% off their first order when they go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com forward slash dateline. Find out why women are buying five different pairs of these pants. Wow. I'm creeping up to five. Go to betabrand and I'm not sorry. Go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline for 25% off. Check them out, guys. They're awesome pants. So Travis on this interview starts randomly crying or at least 
like trying to cry. So Travis is high as a kite. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. His uh, his pupils are like tiny little pin prick pencil dots. So basically, Travis went and smoked some meth in his white van and then came into <laughs> No, work. it was fresh marijuana. Or no, is multi marijuana? <laughs> no, it wasn't. He is amped up. So I'm just saying. His face is really red, and he's like, um, he looks like to me like a toddler who's having a tantrum, and he's just trying to squeeze out a tear. Like he's, tr- it's like he's trying to poop. Like he's just trying to get it one tear out, mm-hmm. and he can't do it. And at one point, he puts his hands over his eyes as if to say, like. Oh, no, don't look at me. I'm so embarrassed. I'm crying. But in actuality, it's like, you can't see that I'm not crying if I cover my eyes with my hands. You can't see me, right? Well, I think he's also putting them over his eyes so that when, like, he rubs them and moves them away, his eyes are all red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not that sneaky. It's pretty it's dumb. It's not that sneaky. He's saying things like, the truth is all we have. The truth is all we have. I, I can't tell you what that means. What does that mean in this situation specifically, Travis? And then he says, it's all so surreal. And I don't know what to think of it. And then he says he had nothing to do with her disappearance. And he says, having that energy on him is very stressful. Well, I wanted to. It's too stressful, Kimberly. It's so stressful. Yeah. So Nash is watching this interview and it's like he's lying. When the reporter says, did you have anything to do with, did you sexually assault her? Did you kidnap her? Did you murder her? And he's saying, no, no, no. But when he gets to the, did you murder her? He does a little bit of a head flick. Yes, like, he does. Yes. Yeah. Like a nod. Yeah, When absolutely. he's saying no, which we've seen before on Dateline. And yeah. Nash sees it right away and is like, he totally did it. But did Nash not know that he did it until that point? Because as the first time, as a first time watcher of this episode, it seemed to me like, Nash says, this is the point that I knew. And I'm like, really? You didn't know before this? Yeah. I don't know. You're right. I would have thought he would have known probably with the cooler. Yeah. And the burning in the barrel. Yeah. Mm. And the bleach in the van. But yeah, it's, I mean, he needs something. He has no facts. Yeah, I I get it. So mm. he remembers uh, everything about that night, except for one thing. He says to the reporter, um, so I, what's her name again? High as a kite. And the reporter says, Kenya. And he says, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Literally, all anyone in town is talking about is this missing girl. You've met with the girl's father. Right. You've met with the police. You're on the news being interviewed as a suspect. And you forgot her name. Sure, Travis. Yeah. So this is the thing that he's doing that like you were talking about where it's the burning of the moldy marijuana. It's it's something that he thinks he's being really smart and is going to throw people off. I get it. I think he's a bag of wieners. I think he is pretending to be so casual and so innocent. Like, oh, I even forgot her name because I'm not. Right. He's doing. I know I didn't do it. So why would I even think twice about her name? I only met her for 20 minutes. Right. It's people who think they're really good liars. And then they tell this really elaborate lie. And that's why you get caught because it's too elaborate. Mm -hmm. He thinks he's being he's playing it off and he's Mm -hmm. not even close. No, I was like, I'm sorry. All that bad energy is on you, Jason Mraz, but you definitely deserve it. You can pull your ukulele out at a beach bonfire and start singing Dave Matthews band with your bubbly toes. 
I think that's Jack Johnson, but Jack Johnson and Jason Mraz and they're all the, and Dave Matthews, they're all the same. You can fight me. I don't care. I'm sorry. Why is there something that I'm missing a connection to Jason Mraz? Cause this is the second time you've brought him up this episode. I just this... feel like he likes Jason Mraz. Oh, I don't think so. And I think that Travis listens to like Slipknot. I think that he is a hardcore metal fan. What? Yeah. Yeah. What is Slipknot? That's like hardcore heavy metal. What like do they sing? Metallica. Would I know a song? No, you would not. He runs a gluten-free granola delivery service. Do you think that they're actually gluten-free? Because I think there's no chance in hell that those are gluten-free. <laughs> he's, you think he's poisoning people who have celiac disease. Yeah, maybe, but like not on purpose. He's just not paying attention. <laughs> you, you think they're really gluten-free? I do. Okay. I think he read an article about your health. This was back when gluten-free was like really trendy and not like actual, we didn't know it was actually a medical condition that certain people have. And we would roll our eyes and be like, oh yeah, gluten-free. She's Because people did it to lose weight and they gave it a bad name when people do have a reaction to it. But um, I think he's just hopping on that bandwagon. Right. And no one's checking him. But I also think he's a hippie. I think he wears flip-flops and smells like patchouli. And And I think he has a ukulele slash guitar that he plays at Beach Bonfires. Wow. Okay, we just have very different viewpoints on He lives in Colorado. Yeah, I just don't think that's... He's an angry teen that grows up into an angry adult and then takes out his anger in really weird ways. But I think he's not trying to come off. I think he's trying to come off as like a really chill hippie guy who says things like the energy that's on me. Mm, Okay. Is really... Let us know. How did you guys view Trav? They probably think he's like what you're saying. I could be wrong. I think you I'm were, alone. No, you were a good judge of character. For some reason, thought that. For some reason, that's how he read to me, but I could be totally off. All right, press on. Tony is peeved, royally ticked watching this. He's like, you don't remember her name? Yeah. Biatch? Really awful. Do you remember my name? Because I'm Tony and I will kick your Because I'm coming. A-butts. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this time, though, Maria begs him not to go. And this time, Tony listens. Because yeah. I think that's good. I honestly think he would have killed him. Yeah. Like, you're, you've been, you met with this man about your missing daughter, and now he's on the news being like, what's her name again? Right. I mean, you're going to kill him. Yeah. So the police don't have enough to arrest him. They want to, but they don't. And then he disappears. He okay. goes AWOL. So Nash is looking everywhere for him. He's putting out bulletins to all of his police you know, all precincts, like he's dangerous. Also, if a body shows up, let us know, like, because he could kill again. It's affecting Nash's marriage. He's would jump out of bed in the middle of the night and leave himself a message on the call himself and leave himself message what he's supposed to do. I thought that was really cute because I email myself things that is to do. Cute. I don't think that it, 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 he didn't say it affected his marriage, though. No, he it says said... like e- even his wife got to, got, was involved. Right. I think that she was kind of helping. She was a sounding board is the feeling I get. I want that to be true. But then there's the, a female cop that comes in and I was sort of shipping them because I had briefly forgotten that Nash was married. No, he's married. She's married too. And it was like my heart was kind of shattered. Oh, goodness. No. I'm happy for Nash and his wife and this other detective that we'll meet and her husband. I wish them nothing but the best. It doesn't sound like that's what you're doing. No, I just had an idea in my head like, oh, that could be really cute. But I had forgotten 
that Nash has a wife that's probably very supportive of his career. And she did say that he was talking about the case in his sleep because he was so consumed with it. Keith says to Nash, you were obsessed. And Nash says, tenacious. (laughs) And I was like, I smell a new bromance. They love each other. Yeah. So Tony keeps working the case as an amateur detective dad. And he's going through alleys and searching dumpsters for Kenya's body. It's horrible. He doesn't tell Maria what he's doing or that he thinks he knows deep down that she's gone because he wants the mom to still have hope. And it's like, it's That's so, heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Thank God Keith leans against a tree in a park right after this. Yeah. So we get it. number two lean. Then one day, detectives get a call from Austin, Texas. They have Travis. There we go. Travis has borrowed a car from an ex-girlfriend. Who are these ex-girlfriends? Yeah. I want a name and I want to talk to them. Yeah. I wanted a name and a phone number. He borrowed this car and he didn't return it. So so he stole it, basically. And she has, that's what that means. And she has reported it. This car, this poor car has seen some things. It is, okay, so it's an SUV and it's gold-ish. One patch of it is painted white, like it's been repaired, but a patch right next to that has a giant dent in it. So I'm guessing that dent happened after the repair of the white paint part. And then the entire front bumper and the headlights are being held together with a whole roll of duct tape. Oh, boy. So obviously, it's, we, it's clear why that girlfriend wants that car back. Well, if it's our only way to get around, don't be like that. It might be her. She doesn't have a choice. No, get whatever you have to do to get around. She has bills to pay. She needs to get to work. No shame in having this car. But what was I trying to say? Keith did say this old car. Um, It made me laugh. Um, So you took that and ran with it and then just. No, really. It just the car. I just felt bad for the car. I was just like, how many things have happened to that car? It doesn't need your pity. How many accidents has it been in? (laughs) You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't. The car facts. Who am I? We don't have the car facts. We don't know. (laughs) So um, this cop was bored and he saw this car and the duct tape and all of the its state. And it was an out of state license plate. Mm -hmm. And he thought, I'm going to look that car up. So he looks it up through the license plate, sees that it's a stolen car. Wow. And then also sees that it's like been reported by this girlfriend that said it was Travis who stole the car. And that also this Travis is wanted by Nash back in Colorado. So it's all because of this board detect this board cop who was just like, I'll look up that car, you know? Because just- he pro he car profiled was like He did. Car. You're so, so right. He, he totally did. He car profiled. Yeah, you're yeah. so like just like I did, but it paid off in this case. So that's all. That's all we're saying. Nash flies to Texas to talk to Travis, and they have this like weird banter. Nash seem is like it's so. This is like Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins, right? Mm-hmm. This is a little bit Hannibal and Clarice. It's like they have like a mutual respect for each other, kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that. I think that Grillet is very good at his job and so knows that getting on this guy's good side might help him later and help it does. So yes. he's smart. So he says, I think you're driving to Mexico 
And Travis says, what the F would I do in Mexico? And Nash says, get a tan. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That is funny. So Travis says, I never hurt her. I didn't even touch her. I didn't even hug her. And I usually hug people. And I was like, nobody wants that. Travis, yeah. we know what you smell like. Moldy marijuana. So finally, after a few hours, Travis asks for a lawyer. He's done talking. But he does have to give his DNA because Nash has thought to bring a warrant from Colorado for his DNA. Yes. They also somehow extradite him back to Denver, even though it was just like a, a car theft charge. They normally wouldn't do that, but Nash makes it happen. And Nash wants to have eyes on him in Colorado so that he can't just leave again. But Travis, as Keith tells us, is a slippery guy, much like half of the stains in his van. So they are holding him in this on the stolen car charge while they are trying to get enough on him to charge him for Kenya. But then ex-girlfriend drops the charges on the stolen car. How did that happen? Why did that happen? She feels like she knows that they're holding him on this, but they really want him for murder. And she feels in her heart that he is not a violent guy. She knows that he didn't do this. So she's dropping the charges. Does he have a magic Becky's protege? That's weird. Sorry, that's weird to me. I did not know that was why. Was because of the murder charges, she drops it. Yeah, she, or Keith says she knows that he is not capable of what they're accusing him of. So she drops the stolen car charges. So he made a call to her and was like, I need you. Is to he holding something over her? Is she scared of him? Was he just never that way with her? What, what like promised her? Yeah, promised her something. So I don't know why she did it. He just must have done that crying jibber jab song and dance. And she fell for it because maybe she's. Mm -hmm. Well, she's dumb enough to have dated Travis. You're right. So. So dumb. Yeah, we don't know. Does as dumb does. There we go. I don't think that's an expression. It's a great expression. Like they have to. <laughs> dumb is like... as dumb dumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to let him go. But Nash keeps security on him all the time. He goes out to this rural area, that same place where they had searched before, um, uh -huh. the dirt roads and the ponds and the fields. He keeps going out there. So they think he's like checking on her body. But they, whenever they go out there, they can't find anything. So then but Travis... But how, how hard are they looking? They're not... Are they doing like heat sensor helicopters and stuff like that? Do you know what I'm saying? I don't saying? know. Dogs? I don't know whatever... I don't know how much... That costs a lot of money. I don't know what Nash was able to swing. Probably dogs. They probably did dogs, but it wouldn't have helped in this case as we find out later. So, okay. So... Travis uh, then travels to Fort Collins, which is a college town with a lot of young women going to clubs. Oh, boy. That's so Nash is terrified that he's going to be on the prowl again. Although my phone autocorrected that to prawns. So he's going to be on the prawns again. He's going to be on the prawns again. Yeah. That's like if someone's super addicted to seafood and they're off it for a while, but then they're like, oh, he's on the prawns again. That's really bad. Um, that's also a whole different bad smell. So, oh, do they? Oh, I bet they smell musty, really bad. Patru musty patchouli and shellfish. <laughs> All right. So Travis goes into town where these girls are, and um, he's acting like uh, like a member of Blink One Eighty Two. He's jumping on cars oh 
and acting like a D-bag, like hitting on women and being really loud. He's like walking around with like a, a bottle of alcohol and just like acting crazy. And the police, the local police talk to him, not the people that Nash has on him, but the local police, they go yeah. up to him and they tell him to calm down and they let him go with a warning because mm-hmm. oh, white privilege. So oh. Detective Nash's guys go up to the local cops and say, hey, we're watching him for this murder. Keep an eye on him, too. We don't want him to go off with any girls. So Nash's team is stretched thin, so they have to pull out their surveillance at this point. Mm -hmm. And Keith says they couldn't have known. Gosh. Uh, and then you look and see how much time is left in the episode, and you're like, crap, mm-hmm. something bad is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So now it is July 4th weekend, mm-hmm. which it is now here, too. Oh, how timely. That's crazy. I wonder if that's why they did it. So oh. there's an apartment complex on fire, and there's a woman inside. It's terrible. We meet this female detective that I mentioned earlier that's awesome named Shackley, who I wanted to get together with Nash. but She's already married. She says, this was the only part I wasn't sure about her, is she says it was a really hot fire. That's a real thing, right? Because accelerant makes the fire hotter, so it burns differently. Is that true? Yes, it is true. Yeah, but definitely fires are different degrees. But they're all hot. They're all hot. But having this be a really hot fire means like an accelerant was used. Gotcha. Learn something new every day. Yep. And I have to look that up in case I'm wrong. (laughs) So the woman inside is named Lydia Tillman. She's 30 years old. She has jumped out of the second story window to escape the fire, which is crazy. Oh, my God. It makes my stomach hurt. Oh, my God. Insane because my brother's dog just did it two weeks ago. Oh, that's right. So now imagine that that's a person. I know. Well, imagine my brother saw it happening. Yeah, imagine an actual human being, like with a big body. Yeah. Jumping out of a window. A dog, I would feel like, would be more likely to survive. Well, cats can survive crazy. Cats can do it. I, a dog would be difficult, but a, but a person who's over 100 pounds. Right. Going out of a second story window. like Mm -hmm. Well, she, so she, my brother's dog, tore her leg up. Lydia is already, body is just beyond recognition. It's, she's been beaten so badly. They said her jaw is beaten in completely, like destroyed. And she's naked and she's been raped. And there was bleach thrown on her. Uh, uh. Yeah. Her sister goes to see her at the hospital and only recognizes her from a tattoo that she has. Um, And at the hospital, she has a stroke from her injuries. The detective has no idea who did this to her. She has no leads. She says crickets were chirping, at which point Keith says crickets were chirping. And she says crickets were chirping. We get a three, a three peak. (laughs) Which is not a great one, I have to say. It doesn't make her sound that good. I heard it and I was like, I know Kimberly is going to catch this, but this is a bad one. I don't like this one. It wasn't my favorite. You're talking about something that's really serious. Like, I think she's saying like word on the street. There's no there aren't like any leads coming in. 
but I agree. It does sound it's a little not great, right? Um, oh, I, I was I was going for her. I was like, oh. <laughs> you were embarrassed. I was. I was. It was rough for me. I was I did not. I couldn't do it. You had secondhand embarrassment. I did. It was like the kissing a dead dog on the side of the road. You go into the other room. You're like. Keith, um, is it okay if we take a break and I go to the bathroom? And then she goes in, in, into the bathroom and she's looking in the mirror. She's like, crickets were chirping? Why did you say that? You're better than this, Deb. <laughs> so uh, then she says it was a whodunit, which we love to hear, though. God, I still feel like it's taking it too lightly, though. Whodunit? <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? This is really awful. It's really, it's a horrific, it's like the worst that you can get basically, like for crimes. All the forensics were destroyed by bleach. Cleanup effort. Okay. But they also have been further destroyed by the fire. The only things that have survived are some DNA that's under Lydia's fingernails. There we go. So the detective hears about the guy with that the Denver police have been, you know, tailing, and she decides to call Nash. She just thinks, I don't know, maybe there's this big criminal there. What, you know, can't hurt. She calls Nash. She tells him the story and then she tells him about the bleach and he's quiet for a second. And then he says, I think that's him. And then I was like, oh, you guys should get together. But then you're both married. And I was totally wrong. But so, but wait a minute. So this is, you know how there's overkill? This is overclean, right? Mm, mm-hmm. So, huh. My, my question is, what happened here? Did he do all of this cleanup and then set the place on fire? Did he think she was dead? Did he leave her for dead? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Or did he think she was going to die by fire? Either one. Either one is horrific, but I don't understand, like, what his sort of... If he's cleaning up, I'm like, there's a body there. I think the fact that he tossed bleach on her makes me think he thought she was already dead. What, did she have strangulation wounds? We don't know that, do we? No, I don't believe so. See what I'm saying? I'm just wondering what his thought process she's was. She's so, her head is so, but she did, she'd almost died at the hospital. Like, I think, and they kept saying she should have died. Like, there's no way anyone can survive this. Oh my gosh, The wow. fact that she was able to, like, jump out of the window is insane. It is, because can you, yeah, I can't even imagine. Like, she probably couldn't see, her eye sockets were beaten in. I don't even know how she could see where she was going. Uh, the level of bravery is astounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So Lydia's family is um, talking to her while she's in the coma, playing classical music. I did think it was really nice that they were doing that. Yeah. If I'm ever in a coma, Hamilton. Tay-Tay? Tay-Tay, Hamilton, John Mulaney, stand up. Yeah, I'm going to try to get you to wake up. I'm going to play something that you'll want to sing along to. Well, Hamilton is like rousing. It'll make me want to. That's why, yeah, Hamilton. But I do think if if there was times my blood pressure was getting too high, put on like King of the Hill or something that would relax me. I get you. Different times, different appropriate things to play. What would you want? I'm not prepared to answer this question. I should feel. Think about it. Get back to me. I will. Okay, I'm going to make a note somewhere. Waiting for Katie's answer. You don't have a notepad. I'll write it for you. All right. Keep going. So I did see a funny meme recently that said um, that bum, 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 pardon, sweet Caroline, could wake a white person out of a coma. (laughs) They just sit up and go, so good. 
so good. That is so good. That is kind of true. <laughs> Sad and true. So Lydia is kept completely anonymous at the hospital because they think, so this also leads me to think that he thought she was dead. They think if he, the, he, the person who did this finds out that she's still alive and at the hospital, he might try to come and finish the job. Remember, they do it with any victim of violent crime. That's true. But I don't know if they always have done it like that. But they maybe have. I think they've done it nationwide procedure. When I was mugged many years ago with my boyfriend at the time, when he went to the hospital. In one of the safest cities in the country. Yes. And we were the one mugging of the year. Literally, that's what they told her. We were. Bad luck. They gave him a pseudonym. Really? Because he was the victim of a violent crime. Even though it wasn't that serious. I mean, he just cut his eye open because the person that hit him had a ring on. Still, he wasn't like in a coma. This is nowhere near what happened in this case. But even something that small, he was only going to be there for a few hours. And they gave him a name. They gave Hector something. Interesting. Because many years later, when he went in for a different procedure, they said do you know a Hector so-and-so? And And he was like, ah! Yeah, because it was on his file. That's hilarious. Isn't that funny? I know. So I think that's just standard procedure. Well, that's very smart. Very, very smart. But did she have full security outside her room? Because this is, she was attempted murder. She should have had, they didn't say that, but I would be really surprised. I would want it. And if it was my sister, armed I would guards outside the door, insist on an officer outside at all times. All times. But I've seen so many movies where there's an armed guard outside. Either that armed guard gets killed, or that armed guard goes to take a leak, and then the person comes in anyways. It happens in every horror movie. No bathroom breaks. No bathroom breaks. You have to have somebody there to relieve you if you are going to the bathroom or stadium, pal. Stadium, pal. What if it's a what if it's a female officer? Stadium pal for women? Yes, there's one for women. I don't know how there's a thing called a shiwi. I've heard of. (laughs) That's what I mean. And uh, but you need like a bottle or something to fill it to put it in. There's some sort of apparatus that's strapped to you at some part of your body. I don't know. I haven't road tested any of these, so maybe on our road trip to. yeah. Whatever it's called, Rexburg. On um, Grey's Anatomy, they would wear diapers when they had 24-hour surgeries they had to be part of, like marathon surgeries. And they thought it was made them like a total bad A. Like, Is that it. real? Yeah, I think so. Are there 24-hour I surgeries? I think everything that happens on Grey's Anatomy is real, though. So probably shouldn't ask me. Okay. <laughs> I'll ask a doctor. To ask a real doctor. Okay. So um, detectives here from past girlfriends... This is what another thing that's weird. I want to talk to the girl with the duct tape car. Travis is known for obsessively cleaning his place, which I thought I think he lives in his van. So do we mean his van? Let's say what we mean, guys. Let's say what we mean. Um, so he loves bleach. It's like his favorite thing. He obsessively cleans with it. This made me wonder if there are other victims that we don't know about. Me too. You mean the fact that there's bleach? Yeah, like maybe he goes on cleaning sprees with it when he's done something, you know, or is it like an all the time thing? But even if it's not, I just people like this, they usually do it more than once, don't they? Yes, they do. Until they're caught. mm, Yeah. Now we get our three lean. 
Oh. Keith is downtown and leaning against nothing. The air. It's oh. one of those leans. It's An beautiful. Air lean. Got defies, it. Defies all logic of science and physics. Air lean wernos. Okay, that's it. That's all <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Sorry. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> so I'm glad that, I'm glad that like got it. you. Okay, good. Oh, my God. Okay, so they take the DNA under Lydia's nails, and they compare it to Travis's DNA because Nash got Travis's DNA. It's going to take a while for this DNA to come through. Right. So Shackley, the one detective, is nervous. She stays up all night. And Nash is also staying up. He's stressed, and he feels guilty, like he could have prevented this somehow, like he, if he had only been able to hold him on some other crime or arrested him sooner. You're fine. You, you're doing your best, man. Nobody is faulting you in this. Stop. That this could happen. No. Even Keith said they couldn't have known. No. If Keith says it, listen to Keith. Keith says what he means. So the police are watching Travis the whole time while they're waiting for this DNA to come through. And he is prawning again. Prawning. He is cruising the club district. Mm-mm. And maybe I said before that he had a bottle. <laughs> this time, he definitely has a bottle of whiskey in his hand. Maybe I made that up last time. But he definitely has an open bottle of whiskey that he's just... You You can picture it, too. Like, someone staggering down the street, like, yeah, just with a bottle of whiskey. And following all these girls. And tremors. In short skirts. And tremors. You're right. You were right. <laughs> totally, you were right. You got it. So, they spot him following a girl. Don't, don't, don't. One of the police approaches him and says, what's your name? And he gives a fake name. But not that far off. It's like Travis Longbottom or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like he just changes his last name. He still gets the same first Travis name. Travis Longbottom. Why did you say Tim? Why did you change your first name, man? That's yeah, weird. It is yeah. really weird. So the cops let him go. But meanwhile, they're still watching him. Mm-hmm. And he starts following another woman. Ah! And this woman is very intoxicated. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I do because I've seen this episode before. Is this our cliffhanger ending? I'm very excited. Guys. I think this, this might a, be a cliffhanger. This is a two-parter because I'm not going to name names, but a few of the people on this podcast are long-winded. And seeing there's only two of us talking, it's both of us. So... <laughs> We have to. We are having a part two. Yeah. Otherwise, this episode would be un da tre. Yeah. Toi. Un du toi. Yeah. We'd be. Can't even do Hamilton. To be fair, that song in Hamilton, which you have not gotten to yet, is the one I can never memorize because it has the French and I just can't get it. Oh, I'm excited for the French one. Uh, you'll like it on the piano. It's very nice, but I just. Oh, can't. I'm excited. So we will find out what happens. In 48 hours, we will be releasing part two of Deadly Connection <laughs> on, I don't know, Friday in French. On Friday. On Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Man, her voice. Friday, going down on Friday. <laughs> That's not far off, I think. It's really nasal. <laughs> It's and is that girl, did her dad just buy her a music video? Is that true? Is that what yeah, happened? Yeah, so she, I believe she was part of the group that it's like this um, this group that it's like um, a dance mom's 
type thing. Not really, but it's like a it's like a studio where they have an employee of like young artists and you pay to have a music video made and they have songwriters that write these songs. I'm going to say that in quotes. Um, my favorite being My Jeans, which my jeans. I My Jeans, which is amazing. And I was obsessed with it when it came out. It is so hysterically bad. The girl in it is so young, you guys. She's like braces. She's adorable, but she's way too young to have had her parents spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to make this movie. And then this rapper starts coming in and rapping about the jeans. And she it's... Wait, what jeans? Kiki Palmer's wearing my jeans. I just can't believe they wore my jeans like me. Oh, ooh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 she wore those jeans like me. That's who I learned who Kiki Palmer is. Who's Kiki? Now she's an actress. She's an actress. I don't know who that is. Um, That's awful. It's these jeans that she's obsessed with, and she fantasizes about being famous and wearing these jeans that have, like, bedazzling all on them. And then this rapper comes in and starts singing about his uh, new cell phone, and sorry, what kind of jeans are they? They're not a name brand. They're literally just jeans that she saw at the mall. And then she sees them in a magazine. And then she has all these fantasies of getting these jeans and being the most popular girl in school. And then. Yeah, I had those fantasies, too. <laughs> that's the concept of a music video. That makes me sad. It's um, but it was like a huge hit. It has like so many views on YouTube. Watch it, you guys. It, it will bring you so much joy, I have to say. But also a lot of sadness. I'm sad about that. I don't feel like that's right. <laughs> it's, But it's very catchy. Like, we sang it. Greg and I would sing it at work all the time. My jeans, my jeans. Yeah. Every- I just can't believe she wore those jeans like me. Oh, ooh, oh. What do you mean, like me? She doesn't have the jeans yet. I don't know. Yeah, she doesn't have them yet. It's a little confusing. She doesn't know what she's doing. No. Mm-mm. She's confused. I'm confused. Um, I got to look up that song, though, because I kind of want to know about it. I don't want to be out of the know. And I feel like she didn't know that this video was going to be mocked so heavily. And I think that's sad because I think she really thought it was good. And the studio made her think it was really good and that she was really good. They had to because... They had taken the money already. But like Rebecca Black, her life was like ruined for a while because of that song. Because she was bullied online for it. But she was like a kid. Well, then her parents should be ashamed of themselves and should know better. That's where I think I get upset. But I'm sure my jeans is super talented. I didn't say that. I said sweet. I hope so. I never said talented. I hope she is sweet. I'm being harsh on her. I'm sure she's got her moments they've all we've all got our moments of sweet rebecca black i think wrote like an essay about it that was very interesting i feel like i it was only like a year or two ago about how it was like so formative for her and how she was like learned a lot of lessons i hope learned yeah but she was like literally a kid when you're a kid you just want to be famous you don't know what this that you're gonna be mocked by adults online but her parents, her parents didn't know? of course, they should, but she shouldn't have. No, she shouldn't have, but her they parents should, should have, have been known. looking out for her better. Yeah, where yeah. were the parents? I'm not mad at Rebecca Black. I'm a little bit mad at mom and dad. Yeah. Y'all should have paid attention to that. Mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Black? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a movie. Yeah, it is. I think they're spies. 
Yeah, Smith. I think they're spies. Mr. and Mrs. Smith are spies. You're right. Mr. Where is Black? Meet Joe Black, also Brad Pitt. He's a That's ghost. where I got it from. There we go. That's where you got it. Stay tuned for next time. Coming at you on the on the tens and twos. What? <laughs> <laughs> on your, the sixes and sevens. Do your side out. <laughs> Coming at you on the, I don't know, is it on the tens and two? No, that's how you drive. That's your thing. You started that, and I'd never heard that before, so you have to do it now because it's really funny. I don't know it. Coming at you on the, I don't, I, is it like on the records? Like on the, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you've done it like five times, so I don't know why you're forgetting it. It's hot. I don't know. It's really hot. I know. Let's get out but of here. But also, I forget a lot of things that I say. Coming at you on the ones and twos. I don't remember it now. It's really funny. Oh, all right. Sorry. Sorry. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and check out our Patreon. You get a bonus episode every month if you are at our $5 level. Mm-hmm. And do watch alone or safety or safely. Watch with whoever you've been sheltering in place with. There we go. Yeah. So I'm not saying like if you are sheltering with your family in your house this whole time, every time Dateline's on, you cannot watch it with someone. You have to go into your own room privately and watch Dateline. No, that's we're not so saying that. If you that at all. already have been without masks with these people for this whole time cuz you're cohabitating under a roof, you could watch it with them. That wouldn't hurt. We got to figure out, we got to write it all out and then do it really fast. Don't watch alone, except please watch responsibly, blah, 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 blah. Like, we need to do the, like, the legal thing. Mm-hmm. Bye, everybody. Also, don't take advice from us. Yeah, also, there's that. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. I was watching this episode in a weird mood, I think. It could have been because I started watching Hamilton today. Uh, you started watching? I'm not going to say anything about that. No, you shouldn't. It's good for me to start watching it today because I watched till intermission and then I'm going back and I'm watching it again and then I'll move to part two. I'm doing a very dedicated watching. You should be happy. What do you mean you're moving to part two? I don't want to miss things, but so far it's getting a very high score. Of really? Okay. Yes. So far, let me put it this way. Not what I expected and pleasantly surprised. Interesting. And I didn't know there was a rotating stage. And you know I love a rotating stage because of Les Mis. So. I did not know that. But I, I, if I had known, I would have pitched that in my presentation to get you to love this sooner. Oh, but I so, do. Um, shame on me. The end of the act one is actually my favorite song. And the way it ends and it goes to dark black. Yeah. Um, is just so powerful to me because that song incorporates a bunch of other songs like in it kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you see all the characters and what they're going through at the end. And then it goes to black. And when I saw it in L.A., like I, my whole body, it was like there was an earthquake under my feet. And I just like but I like just stop breathing. Like literally it goes dark and you just like I stop breathing. Oh, I, I love that. So in awe. That's so cool. But I will say this, and I have a witness in Aaliyah, that I was a little grumpy when Hamilton gets married. And this is literally what happened. I was like, no, I like the oldest sister best. I like Angelica best. And like, I'm typing this to Aaliyah. And she's like, and she's like, oh, something's coming. I said that I have no, I do not know the story. I don't know anything about it, but I liked her best from the jump. And I was really bummed when the middle sister is starting to get, I can tell that she's the one. I'm like, come on. 
and then and then we rewind and I was like, oh, I got to tell Kimberly, like, because I was rooting for her. You will never be satisfied. I will never be satisfied. I know. I Because they're I never going to be together, but they can't break the other sister's heart. But how good was that? That's who I was rooting for without knowing anything. And I didn't know that but she I loved him But I think they're doing that on purpose. They were showing that he has this um, intellectual compatibility with Angelica. Like, kind of, but not. it's not really until a little bit later that that comes out. I just liked Angelica a lot. And so I was just, like, hoping he would choose her of the three. You'll start to like Eliza, too. Okay. She's a very strong... She ends the show really strongly. I also, I don't have any ill will towards her. I'm just, um, I was just a fan of Angelica from the jump. That's all. She's amazing. But anyways, that's all. Side note. She's an amazing character. Well, they do their walk there and they do their little dance with the, and they're, you know, and they're walking in the street. Oh, yeah. You know? You're talking about who? All the three sisters. Oh, that's the cutest thing. Like, I love, I loved the whole introduction of the sisters. Like, I thought, well, I don't know. Again, keep in mind, I don't know anything about the story. We so hope I'm fresh these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And when I meet Thomas Jefferson, oh, I'm a compelled to include women in the sequel work. Am I supposed to like um, Aaron Burr? Just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> actually, yes, actually. Like, at some parts, he's more likable than Hamilton. No, I, I understand. They're um, both very flawed heroes. Yeah, I like Anti-heroes, that. sort of. They both are. And it leaves you at the end going, one of them is painted as a villain for the rest of his life, and one of them's painted as like a martyr, but they were both s- massively imperfect people. That's interesting. I like that. I also, uh, I don't know, I like all the historical characters. Uh, King George is brilliantly done. I'm happy you're liking it. That's all I'm going to say. Are you surprised? Mm-hmm. Of course I was going to like it. It was just Yes, question... because you told me you did not think you were going to like it. But I think the question is also, would I love it? Well, I know because I have to say that because I don't want to get your feelings all up. No, you just were not excited to watch it because you didn't think you liked that kind of a musical. You were more of a purist with your musicals. Sorry, I also didn't understand that it was an opera. You have to know that I didn't know that. I thought that absolutely every, I did not know there was singing per se. I thought it was all rapping and I did, and I thought there was speaking. I thought it was a play, like a musical, not an opera. This is an opera. The, the singing never stops. It's just in spoken word. So it's just different. Is that what an opera is? It's all me. Well, yeah. I didn't know that. But I've sung the songs. You've never heard me singing this. I guess maybe I don't sing the songs. Maybe I just quote it. But it's like, no, you do sing a little bit, but it's hard to tell what if it it's is. rap or if it's sing. Because my voice doesn't sound like theirs when they're singing. Well, and then the other time I've heard it was I heard someone do it karaoke. It was mostly rapping. Gotcha. So that's why I was a little bit like, so no, but the songs are incredible and it's so smart. But even the rap stuff is so brilliant. It's like some of the fastest rapping ever done. No, it's so, it's so, so good. But I thought it was all that. And I thought I wouldn't be able to No, it's really like uh, up and down, like different, like, and then King George comes in. It has a whole different feel. Like each song kind of has a whole different thing. So you never get bored of it. Very much. I'm enjoying it so far. I it was very, it was super invested, but that's why I want to watch part one twice. I want to make sure I have everything going into part two. I'm trying to be watch it smart. But uh, you should, but you should know that the three main characters, the friends, mm-hmm. switch characters in Act Two. So that's a little confusing. So. 
the one who plays Lafayette becomes uh, Thomas Jefferson and the one who plays Mulligan, Hercules Mulligan, he becomes Madison. And then the, oh, well, this is a little weird, is like the one who's his best friend. Why am I blanking? I don't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. You know, the cute young one who's actually dating Aunt Peggy in real life. How cute. He becomes, he plays Washington's son. So that's a little confusing. And then Aunt Peggy plays another pivotal female character in Act 2. So it's like a double cast. I did like Peggy, um, of course, because I think you're supposed to, because she's hilarious. Um, There's lots of like shirts that just say Aunt Peggy. Oh, Aunt Peggy is... (laughs) <laughs> it was so good. It's such a throwaway. It was brilliant. It's brilliantly done. 